I love my little girls more than anything, and I said to myself, oh, no, don't, you can't, don't say that. But I had underestimated him. He went on, I would rather see my little girls die now, still believing in God, than have them grow up under communism and one day die so we're going to speak now with Martin uh, Geddes. Um, he is a British computer scientist based near London. He has a degree in mathematics and computation from the University of Oxford. University of Oxford, I almost said. Uh, <laughs> he has worked in professional capacities as a telecoms expert, uh, and he works on something he calls a paradigm change in technical and policy spaces. He calls himself an amateur photographer, but I'm here to tell you this man is no amateur. He is a absolute professional. Uh, I absolutely love his photography. And I met uh, Martin uh, on Twitter. We started talking about various uh, theories related to QAnon, the QAnon movement, which is what we're primarily going to be talking about here. Martin is considered one of the leading um thought leaders, influencers in the QAnon movement. And in my experience, he is by far the most emotionally intelligent, polite, and thoughtful one. And so to me, he's, okay. he's the ideal person to speak to about this. And so, uh, Martin, first of all, thank you for being on, on the show, man. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. It's um, actually, it's, it's the only invitation I've accepted in the last eight or nine months wow. um, for anything like this. And it's... Um, because I felt this was important. It's like uh, it's the first person to kind of reach out to, to across the divide. That's that's maybe the not the right um, framing, but right. um, yeah. It's, so so I, I've actually declined every other one, every other offer. Wow, that's 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 flattering. Um, honestly, it is. I'm, I was I was actually a little bit surprised that you uh, agreed, but I, actually, I kind of figured you would because we seem to have mm-hmm. a good rapport and. So you mentioned the divide, and that and that is one thing I should note uh, for people. And we're going to get into uh, you know what QAnon is in a basic sense, and then we'll move on to more complex mm-hmm. parts of it. But it is a controversial theory, and there are um, the people who believe it are very fervent in their belief, and the skeptics who don't believe it are very fervent in their disbelief. And mm-hmm. you, so what you end up getting on Twitter are some extremely cantankerous, uh, turbulent. Um, trolling that goes on and again one of the things i like so much about martin's tweets is they're very thoughtful and he replies thoughtfully even if sometimes his own followers say things to him which i think are quite quite rude and 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 audacious but getting into this now so martin uh i want to just ask you kind of briefly like how you became involved in the QAnon movement because you started as a tech you're a technology person so how did you how did you uh you know, go from one to the other here. So this is indeed utterly surreal for me um, in some ways. Um, so the idea I'm doing QAnon and, and art um, at this point in my life is just um, <laughs> astonishing at one level. So I spent 25 years um, in the IT and tech industry, much of it, if not most of it, in kind of ordinary corporate stuff. So I used to, in the 1990s, I worked for companies like Oracle doing IT consulting. Um, you know, I'm a computer geek. I've been a computer geek since I was you know, 11, 12 years old. Um, and it was the easiest way of making money without, without having to do real work. Um, <laughs> so uh, I spent the most of the last 10 plus years 
working with um, computer scientists at the leading edge of um, telecoms and distributed computing, looking at new branches of maths to model performance in digital supply chains. So as you can imagine, (laughs) me being on this podcast with you today is a bit of a change. um, And there's a reason behind that. Um, So um, I I got a a sense that there was was something wrong in the world, Uh, going back at least 10 years. And um, I'm not the only one who's kind of sensed that there was was something up. And there's a a standard, maybe what we call left, um, left wing critique of power, which I partly subscribe to. So I, I, I would not fall into the um, I'm not saying yeah. I wouldn't see myself as a conservative. I've never voted for a right of centre party. Right. Um, uh, you know, people like Noam Chomsky, you know, kind of their critique of power and propaganda, whatever. Historically, I've, I've bought into. Um, right. And uh, so I knew something was wrong, but it, it was um, uh, it, it was bigger than just you know megacorps are bad and there are lots of psychopaths in the world and, and bankers are, are not good for you. Um, so there were specific crimes I was seeing that did not make sense. Um, and one in particular, which is because I'm British, was the Jimmy Savile affair. Right, um, yeah. Yes, yeah, so this guy was you know, a children's TV presenter, um, charity fundraiser, um, you know, disc jockey uh, on t- you know, television a lot. Um, I, I've, read, and, I've read way too much about him. It really messed my mind up. <laughs> right. I got and, and pretty, yeah. Yeah, and he was also great friends of like Maggie Thatcher and the Royals, and and also a child rapist. Um, yeah, and lots of his victims turned up um, after he died. You know, it looks like there were hundreds of children he'd raped, um, right. and who knows what else. Um, yeah, and this this is this is not you know, this is well documented. Yeah, and, well uh, well documented. It's it's utter yeah. it's utterly horrifying. If you guys don't know the story of Jimmy Seville. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's it's important to know that people in power do do horrifying things, you know. Right. And, and it, it just didn't quite stack up to me, which was like anyone who's spending that much time. It was also kind of an open secret at the BBC that he was into fiddling with kids. Um, and uh, anyone who spends that much time with people that senior is vetted. And it's kind of like, okay. So they're trying to claim they didn't know, or you know, how does this make sense? Right? So it's 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 that and a few other things like it. You know, there was um, it's probably not not known to American audience, but the Dolphin Square affair, which is we have members of Parliament in Britain, um, uh, paedophiles doing all kinds of stuff with kids in in apartments near to Parliament. Um, uh, many of the cover-ups and other stuff that was going on. You know, Rotherham would be another good, good example. You know, lots of lots of children have been raped up there, and um, uh, again, cover-ups. That this doesn't make sense, and uh, I started to kind of look into it and try to understand what was going on here and the the nature of some of the dark power. Um, and so it led me into a wider field of uh, what you might call alternative or revisionist history and current affairs, um, and to look beyond what the information I was being fed by the media. So um, I started to question some of the the standard narratives and explanations um, and look beyond them. So that, that was my starting point, um, and particularly the role of paedophilia in as a kind of glue for psychopaths and psychopathic parts of society, um, right. uh, you know, more than just individual bad actors and bad apples. Right. Um, 
So that was kind of your your foundation for how your curiosity grew, and then how did you yeah. learn of QAnon, and how did you what 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 kind of tipped you over into uh, this is this is something more than just something I'm going to casually look into. This is something yeah. I'm going to actively advocate for. How did that transition? Okay, okay so um, uh, back in about 20, well, when Donald Trump was elected, I was kind of like, meh, whatever. It's like, um, I didn't like Hillary. I, I knew I knew about the Clinton Foundation, some of the nasty stuff that had been, been going on. Um, and I was kind of indifferent to Donald Trump. Like, you know, whatever. It's like... Um, uh, I was still interested in all kinds of um, looking behind the veil and behind the curtain of what was what was happening in society. And so the though I, I, I personally don't hang out on places like 4chan or um, 8chan or 8kun, um, uh, I know plenty of people who do. And um, I'm pretty well plugged into what you might call internet culture. You know, I write about the future of communications, the future of the internet. Um, you know, I, I've I've historically been invited to all kinds of private conferences and off-sites and God knows what else amongst um, often people, yeah, people you'd know and names you'd know. It's like, uh, um, so I was kind of a minor, minor, minor figure in that world. Um, and uh, and so the the Q drops, um, uh, the very first ones in October 2017, kind of stood out like a sore thumb. Right, and now, and now explain for people, explain for people who, who are maybe beginners of this, what what a Q yeah. drop, what a Q drop is. Okay, so there's a really um, obscure social media site um, uh, on the internet called 4chan, and it's kind of I think it was a game reserve for free speech, <laughs> with all the upsides and downsides of that. Yeah, so um, the upside is you find all kinds of on and off duty people from law enforcement and intelligence agencies and um, um, or professionals of all kinds hanging out and sharing their understanding of the world. It's really useful. The downside is there's a bunch of you know kids and porn and shitposting and you know, all kinds of crap and anti-Semitism and it's everything. Right. It's the whole gamut. Yeah. It's um, uh, it's all of the the wonders of humanity and its ugliness in one place. Um, right. Absolutely. Yeah. The 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 uh, the great promise and the great peril of free speech. Yes, indeed. And so there's and there's yeah, um, notice boards there specifically dedicated to politically incorrect speech, um, and with uh, again all the consequences you might expect from that. And it was on 4chan that the um, the first drop started to occur, the first postings from an anonymous poster called Q. Uh, and because of the way that these sites work, there's like a cryptographic token that lets you know that this is the same person that posted as the previous message. Yeah? So it's, um, it isn't just anyone turning up and putting a letter Q at the bottom of, uh, of these posts. You, you know that there's a, a sequence of things which are related to the same poster. Um, and... And the claims in the first, say, hundred or so, maybe in you know, into November and early December of 2017, were eye-popping, um, which were essentially that there had been a, um, oh, I can put it, a massive infiltration of the U.S. government um, by. Uh, uh, enemy forces are interesting to characterize. We'll come back to that in a moment. Um, and a long-term plan to take down the United States in a similar manner to the Bolshevik Revolution, for example, that took down Tsarist Russia. Um, 
and uh, and it ties back to many other uh, events and phenomena, um, which could be the establishment of the Federal Reserve, um, uh, yeah, the, the assassination of JFK, all kinds of famous events around which there is much controversy. Um, and in particular, it characterized the presidency of Barack Obama and the intended presidency of Hillary Clinton as a 16-year plan to take down the United States. Yeah, and that, that's the claim. Um, now, in isolation, that would not be particularly interesting because anyone can go on to, you know, to um, uh, 4chan. And, and famously, it is a place where people like to LARP, right? So a live-action role-play, which is um, to try to be pranksters and tricksters and try to um, uh, make fools of people. Yeah, to, to suck you into all kinds of stories right and uh, and they're really good at it and, and for yeah. context uh, pretty much all of the major QAnon skeptics view QAnon as a LARP you know and so that's a word that comes up all the time is that this is a LARP um, so the question of course is whether this is a LARP or whether this is real uh, yeah, so I, I, would, I would elaborate that slightly. That maybe early on it was viewed, it was maybe a binary like that. Now it's a little bit more complex and nuanced. Um, uh, so, so that what, what we mean by real has is, is it, it's worth unpacking that because right. it's not simple. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what what made this interesting? What made this fascinating was um, the beginning of um, how you put it. Uh, signs which are all individually plausibly deniable but collectively start to make up a body of evidence of Q and the Trump administration being tightly coupled with each other um, and Q having insider understanding and insider knowledge um, uh, and insider access and and so there's a there's two very very different questions here um, one of which is is Q a manifestation of something to do with the Trump administration, right, which is who it comes from? Um, there's probably three questions. There's who it comes from. There's um, uh, what is it? So it's like, um, uh, um, what does this mean? And do I like it or not? Is it a good or a bad thing? And then there's maybe a third question, which is actually I think is the more interesting one, um, which is the why. Um, which looks a bit beyond the boundaries of the Q thing itself and tries to understand the, the wider context of corruption and wars of infiltration as opposed to wars of invasion. Um, so Bolshevik-type revolutions happen through infiltration, uh, not invasion. Um, so um, uh, so yeah, the, the, the difficult input... Uh, the thing that really grabbed my attention was uh, the growing body of evidence of Q being a military intelligence program allied to the Trump administration. And at this point, I started to look more deeply. So I dig and try to understand more about who, who Mr. Trump was and what was really going on. Yeah, that's the big question. Uh, who Who is Trump? Because if, if, if Q is correct and Trump is the ultimate patriot, then he is easily the most misunderstood public figure in history. Um, but, well, well, we'll get into our views of Trump first, but you talk about a growing body of evidence. I want to just drill into this slightly uh, because my question to you, first major question is, is, is what, what are in these Q drops that 
serves to you as incontrovertible evidence that this is definitely a high-ranking military official and maybe not just some lower person who maybe has a fantasy that this stuff is true. Like what, what is he, what has he said that that cannot be, uh, what has he said that could only come from a high ranking military official? Okay. Um, so there's, uh, it's quite a long list of what are called Q proofs, which I think is a misnomer. It's a bad piece of, of naming. They're actually pieces of evidence, not proof um, of the Q to Trump link. Um, so, um, examples of this would be um, Q posting immediately before Donald Trump tweets, um, Donald Trump uh, echoing specific words and language that are in Q drops, um, Q drops foreshadowing specific words or language that will be used by Donald Trump, for example, in speeches. Um, uh, <laughs> Some of it's a bit silly, but still, still, still holds. It's like you know, one of the anons on 4chan said, um, uh, "Could you use the word tippy top in a in a speech, Mr. Trump?" And lo and behold, at the Easter Bunny, whatever it was, tippy top comes out. Okay, it's like it's interesting. It's um, things like Air Force right. One as as it flies, changing its call sign to Q zero, um, and you, and Q plus is is kind of the. Um, it's known as you know, kind of the the the, the uh, pseudonym of Donald Trump in, in, in the Q world, right? right? So yeah. you can't put, you can't you can't you can't put a plus into into a call sign of an aircraft, but a zero is the, is the equivalent of a telephone keypad. Yeah. So um, okay. and then there's yeah. the, the number seventeen. Uh, explain how that has become a kind of de facto calling card for uh, right. Yeah. So so. Um, uh, so, so the 17th letter of the alphabet is Q. Um, and Trump keeps on saying 17 over and over and over and over again, in all kinds of contexts, often in very odd ways. I've been, you know, I've been DC 17 times. 17 times, really? <laughs> like, yeah, that, that one was that one was kind of weird. I'll, I'll admit that one was, was weird. Yeah. There are, there, are, there are dozens and dozens of these. Um, but I think ultimately it was none of those that was the, the clincher. The actual clincher for me... Um, was it was political logic was why on earth would someone who's um capable of becoming president of the united states which is a pretty heavily contested job um why would they give away surrender their political capital and credibility to either a junior ranking um person with some kind of you know um, bad sense of humor and, and too much time on their hands, um, or to a LARP, you know, or something from and be a foreign nation. Um, and in particular, and this is where it got interesting, was when the media started to get involved. Why does the media have a particular spin and slant on this? Um, and it started to gel as a bigger picture, um, which was, in some ways, the, the unthinkable was true. Um, that the, the mass media that I straight we had perceived as being okay, monolithic, corporate, boring, whatever you know, money-driven, greedy, whatever was not five or six megacorps competing against each other. Um, it was de facto one voice, uh, and it was one voice that was turning up with the same language, the same narrative, um, the same talking points, um, 
day, yeah, on the same days, day after, day after day. So, uh, so you don't think that, I mean, Trump tweets constantly. He tweets like yeah. dozens and dozens of times a day. So statistically, uh, Q, anytime Q would post, he would necessarily be either directly before or after a Trump tweet. And if he's using language, well, uh, let, well, I'll wait a minute to get into the key yeah, You're touching on a, on a good point, which is at what point do you do, do you go from saying these are coincidences to this is um, intentional? Uh, right. And uh, as I said, whilst all those things, you, know, you could go to a court of law, and this would be a question of evidence and fact, ordinary process. You know, not, you know, don't require a conspiracy theory or anything else. You know, are, are these related? Um, and uh, and there is a, a, you know, a large body of evidence. At this point, there would be hundreds of pieces of evidence put together, um, including Q knowing specific words or places in reports or things that are currently classified that come out later. Um, now, some of it is quite confusing in that um, I the Q drops appear to, to sort of forward reference the future events sometimes. And some of it is also deliberately obfuscated or disinformation or distracting. Um, right. And that's where the yeah. phrase, uh, uh, the two very important phrases for QAnon is, uh, one is the future proves the past. And, yeah. and two is that disinformation is necessary. Now, yes. I, I will admit disinformation is necessary sounds uh, rather Orwellian to me, but uh, I, wa I want to give you a chance to set those up. And then, and then after that, I feel like we've set up the two main characters, which are Trump and Q, but we have to set up the, the villain of the story, which yes. is, which is the deep state and, and get into that. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I actually wrote, uh, so I wrote an article for the anti-media in, yep. it was uh, 2015. So this is, mm -hmm. this is pre-Trump. Uh, Pre-QAnon, yep. and the name of the article is "Forget the New World Order." Here's who really want, runs the world, and basically, yep. I'm outlining this theory of the deep state, and it doesn't come from me. It comes from uh, I think uh, this guy named Lofgren, Mike Lofgren, was one of yep. the first people to put it on the map, and he calls so he calls the deep state, and we hear the deep state all the time right now, and I don't think a lot of people really fully understand what it means but it's essentially what he believes it that the deep state represents the failure of our visible constitutional government and the cross fertilization of corporatism with the globalist war on terror so he calls it a hybrid of national security and law enforcement agencies that includes the department of defense department of state homeland security cia justice department all of it uh, and he even adds in the treasury uh, and the, and, and of course the foreign intelligence surveillance court, FISA, which mm -hmm. is, which has come up as a big, uh, you know, character in this as well. So this idea of the deep state, uh, was out there and it, it gained a lot of traction in the QAnon theory because, uh, it basically is the villain. And so the purpose of what ostensibly, uh, you believe that the purpose of what QAnon and Trump are doing, their goal is to eradicate or dismantle the deep state. Am I correct in that? More or less, yes. Um, I would add, I think there's a well-respected and well-established um, uh, sort of left liberal critique of the, the corporate, um, uh, multinational corporate government 
or quite maybe fascist alliance, yeah, yeah. totalitarian alliance. Yeah, right. it's like it's. Um, uh, and I think that it's it's partly correct, but it misses out something critical. Um, and I think that something critical has finally been breaking the surface. Um, and this kind of then it goes away from a um, left-right kind of view into more of a good-evil kind of view. Because um, so I think many, of, you know, how can put it? I, d- I don't buy into many theories of, of even the right. You know about you know the, the benevolence of corporate capitalism and um, uh, free markets to a certain level. Yes, but um, uh, you know, I, I'm going to probably upset some of my you know, my audience, right? <laughs> yeah, by saying that many of you who believe in in corporate capitalism and uh, are going to be in for a, you know, I think many of the best ideas about how to organise ourselves, um, particularly in peer-to-peer economies, uh, come from the left. And wow, that's that's um, uh, yeah. See, that's why that's why I like you, Martin. You 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 uh, you're you're not monolithic or myopic yeah. in your view. You you go across I, both sides of it. Yeah, I, and, I, 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 I don't I don't I don't fit into the the standard um, uh, buckets. Right. Um, and I think also yeah, many many of my religious friends are going to probably find. Although at the moment it's kind of a bit difficult for people on the progressive left, coping with maybe some difficult truths about the world. I right. suspect a few years down the line, um, we're going to have some, some difficult truths for many of our religious friends. I absolutely know, agree, and, and I actually want to. Oh, sorry, I, I jumped over you there, yeah. but I I, I, I want to get into a whole section on on religion and its role okay. in QAnon. But uh, I want I want to give you a chance to talk about. It's us back to deep state. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah. Let's try to characterize this, right? So here's here's what I think we missed. Um, it's the Jimmy Savile stuff. Uh, it was it was in our faces all the time. Um, yeah, he was uh, a self acknowledged Satanist, um, and he was also a necrophiliac. Um, uh, and what seems to be the case is there was uh, is and has been a long-standing system of dark psychopathic power, um, which is centred on um, blackmail and uh, the uh, rape, torture, murder, and even worse, if it can be believed, of children. Um, so if you think of it, you know, it's like not Fight Club, but Psychopath Club, and the vetting process for Psychopath Club is are you willing to do bad, bad shit? And the more senior you want to be, the worst blackmail material you need to have on you and the worst bad shit you need to be showing you're willing to do. It's, um, uh, and it looks like Psychopath Club has been around for a very long time. Um, you can trace the roots of psychopathic culture through various families and empires back for thousands of years. Yeah. <laughs> and... So, oh. Somebody, somebody launched into second gear there a little too quickly. Oh, right. uh, yeah, no, I, I'm into this idea of, of, of I like this description of dark uh, psychopathy, and uh, right. yeah, I I, 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 feel like we're we're in, we're going to end up going into some of the, uh, some of the, like the adrenochrome stuff here. But uh, I, 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 well, I want to let you set it up how you want to set it up. Yeah, I have an open mind on that. Let's keep it grounded, right? So I think there's two things or several things that ground us. So, yeah, take example, Jimmy Savile is one example. Um, the Nexium cult, uh, if I pronounce it right. Um, right. And Keith Renier was sentenced this last week. It's like, um, and their political connections and running these schools. It's like, mmm, it's bad shit, huh? Um, Epstein. Uh, 
Epstein Island, right? Right. Blackmail center. Blackmail center for hire for, for intelligence services. Right? I, I, like, I, um, that's that's one part of the theory that I can totally buy into. I can totally yeah. see people like him being used to establish uh, blackmail and leverage over political figures and corporate figures so that they'll do what the deep state wants. Right. So, so, if it, so if it, there's one part that we go back to what you said earlier. You know, it's you know, it is the Treasury and uh, CIA and and that. I think I've got a, um, a slightly different hypothesis perspective, which is some institutions are wholly criminal and corrupt, but some are not, and some are partially. So even the CIA would have lots of good people in it, and some of those good people would have been doing good things. Um, but other parts of the CIA would have been doing human trafficking, drug running, etc. Yeah, arms, arms importing. You know, it's like uh, uh, all the the Ollie North and Noriega kind of stuff from the eighties. It's, like, it's all, all that shit. Right, um, the, the kind of stuff that Gary Webb wrote about in Dark Alliance. Yeah, I'm, I'm running all kinds of black programs right. and and uh, off book stuff um, and funding it through illegal means. Um, so. Um, so the kind of the deep state is a narco child trafficking um, uh, funded thing, uh, and um, you can think of it maybe as being a super mafia. Um, and uh, one of the things I learned, I, and this, this surprised me, that people used to laugh at the idea of a mafia. The mafia, um, it was it was seen as a ridiculous conspiracy theory um, that you right. have intergenerational, you know, highly secretive families and with infrastructure like tunnels. Right. No, you're absolutely theory. right. The, ma- the mafia used to be a conspiracy theory. You're, you're right. Yeah. Um, so uh, once you start to kind of piece this together, in some ways it becomes really ordinary. You know, it, 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 st- it comes out of the world of conspiracy theory stuff to being, okay, I just need an upgraded view of society that, that properly accounts for psychopaths and stop seeing them as kind of the the guy with the dagger behind the shower curtain, you know, it's like, um, and see them for who they actually are. Is <laughs> they're charming, powerful people um, who have business plans. You know, whether you call them conspiracies or not, there's a business plans, and it's the Rockefellers or you know, the Clintons or whoever it is. It's like, um, uh, and oh, also critically, what I found in this stuff um, is. Uh, uh, the only Jewish conspiracy I can find is to spread uh, chicken soup recipes, right? It's like, um, uh, it, is not, it is not either an Islamic thing or a Jewish thing or whatever. It's, it's a psychopath thing every time. Um, and the psychopaths will turn up and use anyone and everyone's identity and everyone's good name um, uh, and hijack any institution um, to, get, to get the job done. Um, and down the base of all this stuff, the, maybe the, shock, the shocking realization was, it wasn't all about money because even you know, ordinary people can become really powerful and have lots of money. The real sign that you're in a psychopath club is you're all above the law. And how do you know you're above the law? It's because you can access child sex slaves and um, uh, all kinds of shit like that and get away with it over a long period of time. Right. So that's how you, yeah, the and real that, currency that, of hyperpower is kids. Right. Uh, well, I mean, that's, I mean, not right as in, I believe that, but, but that is a, a linchpin of the theory. And, Uh, I mean, first of all, uh, I'm going to say that, I mean, we know absolutely, of course, that there are powerful pedophiles out there. Uh, It's 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 just a fact. And it's unrealistic to think that we know who all of them are. We obviously don't know probably even a fraction of the number of powerful people who are actually psychopaths. My question is whether this is this monolithic view of an evil deep state is maybe a bit too myopic. I mean, are there not 
different factions. And even more importantly, I would say psychopaths are far more rare than sociopaths. So I think there are control dynamics and power groups that are run by sociopaths. But I think that the psychopaths among them would be a much smaller percentage. And I, and I doubt that the psychopaths are the ones actually running things. Yes. So I think there's a critical difference between what you might call um, pathocracy, which is the culture of psychopaths, which can be adopted and foisted upon a much wider group of people, particularly anyone who's got a narcissistic outlook on the world. Um, uh, and sociopaths would be one, you know, among, amongst those versus the core um, uh, dynamic of deeply psychopathic families. Um, yeah. So it looks, it looks like um, that... There are certain families in this world who are psychopaths to the core in the sense of they're willing to engage in multi-generational abuse to generate new generations of people who have no sense of love and loving connection. Um, and because it attracts more and more power to them um, in the kind of political monetary banking, whatever systems that we've built, um, they kind of sustain themselves as parasites on the rest of us. Right. Um, but it's very, very small. Uh, it's not, yeah, I'll put it. Yeah, the, the, the average pedophile you see being arrested for kiddie porn or whatever, yeah, and there have been a lot of them recently, interestingly, um, uh, is not, I'll put it, the, the far periphery of anything like this. You know, the, the actual core of um, uh, psychopathic power and blackmail appears to be fairly tightly held amongst quite a small group of people. That's as far as I can tell. Right. And, and of course, the, the rise of, of more arrests uh, of, of pedophiles, of course, could be looked at as, as a byproduct of the fact that Internet culture is growing. So you're naturally going to have law enforcement using uh, Internet records as a resource to arrest people, where in the past it was much, much harder to catch pedophiles, uh, you know, doing their thing. But, uh, you know, yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, this is an interesting part of this. And but part of it is like. I think, because I'm assuming that, that you view the Clintons as one of these psychopathic families. Um, Hillary, yes. Okay. Um, so you think uh, so? You think Hillary uh, harvests, uses child trafficking rings to harvest children for sex slaves? So, so what what got me um, interested in the Clintons? I mean, yeah, there's this famously there's a Clinton body count, whatever, but you kind of you know, shrug your shoulders and go, well, there you are, that, that's that's politics for you. But it's like um, uh, it was actually the work of Charles Ortel, um, who's a forensic accountant, Wall Street investment analyst, who went through all of the Clinton Foundation filings, um, the formal filings, and. I went through all the evidence that he presented that there was no possible way in which this could be a legitimate operation. Um, it had to be fraudulent. And I felt that the evidence was overwhelming and compelling. Um, and then I started to hear about you know, the, the, you know, the Haitian stuff and how the Haitians were very, very angry at all the money that um, had been raised in, theoretically to, to help um, earthquake relief, but seems to have disappeared. And a lot of kids have disappeared too. Um, and you start to think, okay, we're starting to understand the the broader picture here of um, child trafficking, you know, children as the currency of power, um, of a very narrow psychopathic um, uh, um, or niche, you know, it's a, 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 a 
insert insert noun insert any noun the bolshevik revolution started with a very small number of people right you see so you can have very small number of people but with very very devious methods um who are able to leverage them into a lot of power uh so if if you are basically un, of un, you have no moral boundaries and qualms whatsoever is um at some level that can be seen as a very adaptive trait um in the, if you're only interested in material power in this world that will give you lots of it if um, j- just as a hypothetical if if hillary if hillary were this powerful and this evil don't you think they would have figured out a way to make sure they didn't lose that election to trump I think it was a big surprise. I think it was a, a, um, a basically a military ambush that was conducted. So my sense of, the, of what's going on, um, and I can be wrong. I've been wrong in the past. It's, um, but my sense of what's going on is that we are, we've actually been living under a de facto military um, uh, regime, government, whatever, you know, in the United States for decades, particularly since, since JFK got whacked, um, maybe with arguably around Reagan, that might, you know, but, um, but all, all of the presidents of Bush one and two and Obama and Clinton um, were all effectively um, agents of the deep, darker, deep, you know, deep state power and the bankers behind it. Yeah, it's it's psychopathic banking that's the core of all this, um, uh, and. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's it's it's. I mean, we know we know they're sociopaths. We because we have evidence that they commit massive financial fraud. But yep. do we? But do we really have evidence of this psychopathy? I mean, there's this idea of the frazzle drip or this video that's supposed to show Hillary in the act of doing these things. I I just can't help but feel that in a world in which. Uh, whistleblowing and hacking is so prevalent. I find it hard to believe that there's that we don't have more prominent evidence of some of these higher level people being engaged in in some of these particularly nefarious activities. Do you think that that is because the media is under control? But even then, wouldn't this stuff come out on the internet? Like, why don't we have more evidence of this child trafficking uh, international cabal? That's a good question. Hmm. Well, I mean, uh, I, I, I was kind of a rhetorical question because I didn't, expect, no, 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 no. I didn't expect you to have an answer to it. But I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's complex because it, there's um, there's lots and lots of cases being. You know, there's been a huge uptick in cases of human trafficking arrests and uh, child porn arrests um, and convictions recently. Um, uh, so trying to trying to make sense of you know, take example like the Catholic Church, you know, it's it's um, yeah. There you go. There, there's there's a psychopathic sex child rape cult right there. Right. So to, so to, what's the extent to which um, a possibly fundamentally good thing, um, uh, which reasonable people can disagree disagree about, has been infiltrated and corrupted and hijacked by um, a pedo psychopath culture and and those institutions are then used to hide human trafficking so it, it looks like that places like the vatican bank and the red cross or parts of the red cross not all of it again it's like so this is the critical thing it's like it's um is is when people talk about you know, the United States government level, they talk, they talk about it as if it's a monolithic en- en- entity and it's not you know the cia isn't a monolithic entity um uh, certain institutions have been set up for certain purposes some of which are dark 
Um, but not every it's, it's it's more complex. It's particular place men are under control. Place women never are under um, blackmail or um, uh, yeah, they're being threatened in various ways um, to get them to behave in particular ways. And it's understanding that the, that kind of oblique system of control. It's kind of like taking a different. And that's like X-ray crystallography of, of society. And if you don't look at it from the right angle and put the right, you know, the right frequency waves into it, you can't see it. It's um, even though it's right there in front of you. Um, so I think there's a particular angle at which you can start to see the the system of um, the mutual promotion, self-promotion club for the psychopaths, and how they help each other, and how they cross-promote each other, and also how they work together to repress any instance of exposure of who they are and what they're up to because um, i think this, this, this kind of comes back to the core of it is how can there possibly be such a big dark system of yuck right and us not to all be un, you know, be aware of it and to understand it it's um uh and i and I, I think i've slowly gained an appreciation for how that is um and how they've how how evil scales at one level um I like that. How evil scales. That's, that's a good yeah. phrase, yeah. So, so it's so many of the objections to, like, say, conspiracy theories, um, to me, are ludicrously trivial in the sense of... Um, I agree. You, you, you couldn't possibly have that many people keeping a secret. Well, you don't need them all to keep a secret. It's compartmentalized. Right. You know, it's like... Um, uh, and we, we have you know, things like the Manhattan Project that had 300,000 people or whatever on it. You know, that many of the aspects of that project weren't, didn't come out until the 1970s. So you know, it's, we have an existence proof. Right. And, yeah. and, and Martin, that's where I cross over from, even though you know, I'm typically in a certain bucket of thinkers. Yeah. But that's where I cross over and betray my allies because I think false fl- I think there are false flags for sure. Yes. I think they, I think, I, I think, uh, Richard Dolan, who is a, is a, is a philosopher and a thinker, he's outlined, uh, you know, a lot. Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a known thing that false flags happen. The, the, the question yes. is how many there have been, which ones are false flags? Cause we can't possibly think they're all false flags, but before I get too off topic here, I want to get, yep. and this is connected to what you were talking about, because mm-hmm. there's this idea that, uh, Trump and Q so Q and Q plus are, um, you know, there's been this since Q first got going, there's been this idea that there's going to be high level indictments, high, yep. high level arrests, um, noticeable or very uh, historic perp walks for people like Clinton, Obama. Yep. And yet we haven't seen any of that. So, you know, uh, and, and like, I mean, I, I read your posts a lot more than I read mm-hmm. someone like, Joe M. Joe M is a, uh, he goes by the Twitter handle, the storm is upon us, or actually he recently changed it to define projection. But, uh, you know, he's very militant. He, he, you're more of a philosopher. He's, he's more militant, but he's been claiming that the arrests are going to happen, uh, imminently. And I mean, you posted, uh, you know, on back on, uh, 2017, uh, you, you, you noted that Q says Hillary will be arrested on the morning of October 30th. That's back in 2017. So people have been saying this for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. At what point, if patriots are in control and if they are resting control away from the deep state, uh, why, why are we not actually seeing 
these high-level arrests? Why are we not seeing the visible manifestations of a corrupt empire of power falling falling down? Right. So that's um, an excellent question. It's taken me a couple of years to understand um, the context in the process. Um, so the context specifically here is the United States of America, um, the republic and the corporate government that was layered on top of it. Um, and the United States of America is a very, very, very hard place to invade in a traditional war of invasion. Um, it's a highly armed populace who are highly motivated to keep everyone else out. And it's a long way from everywhere else. And it's basically basically impossible. Um, so the, um, the, the deeper backstory here is ever since the United States was, was established as a revolt and rebellion against European aristocratic banking power, essentially, um, and it's thievery and slavery and usury and um, uh, and a, an enclave to, to get away from all of that um, and, and monarchism that comes with it. Um, uh, that wasn't popular. And it looks like the, um, particularly the, yeah, the European banking aristocracy managed to find ways in which to get back into the United States, but through a war of infiltration, not a war of invasion. Um, and to put particularly the British Crown and the Vatican and other players and Northern Italian um, banking mafia um, to put their place people in certain positions and get them promoted. Um, and it's a complex story. So it seems that there are many allied mafias, just like in the recent times, there isn't, you know, deep state isn't necessarily a unified monolithic thing all the time. You know, there's allies like the Muslim Brotherhood and other, there's all kinds of mafias that compete with each other. Um, and secret societies, and, they, and and some of them are a bit grey, and some of them are good, and some are bad. And yeah, it's like it's it's complex. Um, so why is it taking so long? Is a war of infiltration um, has been going on? It looks like for hundred to hundred and fifty years in the United States. Um, Multi generational plans by um, uh, dynasties that um, that run most, mostly the banking industry, um, and. Uh, critical you know, turning point of this was 1871 corporatization of the US government and 1913 the Federal Reserve Act. Right? Those are you know, two critical things um, that essentially allowed the uh, uh, ever more leverage of those kind of beachheads um, to put more and more place people in and to try to effectively retake control of the United States. And what looks like happened is in World War II, um, the Nazis did not lose the war. At least the German people certainly did. They did terribly. Um, the Japanese people did terribly, but the Nazis did not lose. Um, now, that, that, switched, that's, that's an extraordinary claim. That is an extraordinary claim. But the, it looks like they switched strategies. So they had been... Um, uh, there were strong ties to various industrialists, you know, the Henry Fords over the world, you know, lots of Nazis were supplied by American industry, strangely, um, and energy and the Rockefellers and God knows what else. It's, um, what the Nazis did was they regrouped, they went from war, wars of invasion to wars of infiltration. They regrouped both in South and North America and things like Operation Paperclip had a fifth column within the United States effectively import the Nazis into core aspects of US government, in particular the establishment of the CIA, and NASA, and um, in the 1970s with Carter, the senior executive service, as a unaccountable reserve for um, uh, kind of a hidden bureaucracy. Um, 
So, um, so the United States has had that under attack for a long time, um, and in particular, the media was seized control of through um, pretty dark forces. Uh, anyone who was any anyone of an import was brought under control through blackmail or intimidation. Um, and the media was used to divide society. So it's been um, a divide and conquer strategy, you know, it's kind of standard Bolshevism all the way. Um, so it's not a controversial statement to say the USA is a very divided place at the moment. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a absolutely, I think pretty much everyone in America will agree to that. <laughs> right. Um, and so the real challenge isn't, um, a challenge of several sides, one of which is a very, very dirty and corrupt um, judicial and legal system um, with uh, all kinds of, um, uh, the wrong people have been promoted at various times into the wrong places, um, all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, you know, Justice Roberts went to Epstein Island. Doesn't sound good to me. It's, um, uh, and uh, so firstly, there's a cleanup operation, which takes time. Um, secondly, um, uh, there's, in some ways, the perp walk is the easy thing to do. The hard thing is not having a civil war afterwards. Okay, like, there we go. Society. All right, now we're, now we're getting to the, the meat of why you're saying that they haven't, you're saying that they... They haven't done these arrests because they're worried about a civil war. Uh, or no, am I yes, wrong? I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's, 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 yes, it's yes, yes, and, which is, um, uh, the, the, let's, let's call it um, an inability to contain the consequences. And civil war is not just the only one, it's global war. It's because this goes across to heads of state and other people, acts of war by other parties, so, for example, the British government, by, by, by participating in the Steele dossier, um, has effectively committed an act of war against the United States. Right? That's pretty serious. Okay, so, see, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I mean, I'm not sure if, if, uh, I don't know if it's an act of war or if it is, uh, you know, when when Trump's people do it, they call it c- controlled opposition research, right? <laughs> so, I don't know why. Why is it control controlled oppo with Trump? But with with uh, the left or with Democrats, it's treason punish, punishable by death. Um, I mean, that, that's sorry, that's a loaded question. I, I was. We're still worth thinking about responding to it. It's like um, um, so. It's like try, trying to to uh, deem various things have got normalized, um, which should not be normal. Um, so. Uh, if you look at, say, you know, the Iraq war um, and how that was set up and sold and the weapons of mass destruction, um, I mean, it was false from the outside. Well, one of, we, one of the greatest crimes in modern history, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. So how many people have been held to account properly for that? Probably nobody. Zero. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, zero. It's like it's um, people should have, should have, you know, if there's a case of treason. I, I um, totally agree. I think everyone involved in selling that war from Colin Powell to Cheney yeah. to Bush, I feel like they should have been tried for war crimes. Yeah, I think, yeah, it is, I think we can be very well aligned that Cheney is an evil bastard. Yes. And, um, and that's only one of his crimes that, that, that's, that's deserving of, of, of a noose. So, you know, Cheney, um, Cheney is Cheney is one of the all time great psychopaths. Right. Um, so uh, so why is what Trump doing? It's, like, it's, it's an important question. So how, how do we 
if if the characterizing feature of pathocracy is um, two-tier justice and the limited application of the rule of law one one set of rules for them one one for us yeah it's like right. um uh, then the the core challenge is to return to single tier justice and, and the unified rule of law um and uh, and not to have people who can get away with it all because the media is controlled or because the right people are in the right courts and then, then yeah and the freemasons and god knows what else you know all the back you know the back stuff it goes on there god knows what it is it's like um this is a hard pro- problem um uh and it's not a problem that's confined to the united states as well um it's one which has um a very strong international aspect so yeah it, there are war criminals around the world in all kinds of countries that also need, need to be um uh brought to justice so it looks like there is a much longer process here right. which also is a um dealing with the root issue because otherwise you've got whack-a-mole you know you get rid of one load of tyrants it's always another little bit ready to turn up right. the underlying issue is it, it is highly profitable for central bankers and commercial bankers um to engage in war war for profit uh sure. or to ma- manipulate the economic cycle to cause people to go bankrupt and then put about their assets very cheaply or to print money off books to go and bribe politicians or you know, all kinds of shit right it's like um so the underlying issue is a psychopathic monetary system, which then has a psychopathic culture of, of you know families, whatever, and, and child rape, and God knows what else to sustain it. Um, uh, and it looks like um, there is a financial reset process going on. Um, so lots of repatriation of gold. The return of the Federal Reserve has been Federal Reserve has been hijacked back by Trump um, through the Exchange Stabilization Fund. Um, into being part of the treasury, um, the uh, the move to um, new you know, to bypass old exchange systems like SWIFT. So they've got SIPs that involves you know, the Russians and the Brazilians and the Chinese. Okay. Else. So, so like, hold, um, hold up, let, let me let me back up for a second. Yeah. So uh, this, I mean, that is an interesting fact uh, fact or factoid about about right. Trump and the Federal Reserve. But uh, the idea behind dismantling the Federal Reserve is about uh, decentralization, right? Decentralization of the economy. I, I don't see Trump uh, doing decentralization. To me, it looks like he's centralizing power more than than anyone has ever done, almost. Um, why? I mean, so I mean, do you think Trump's ultimate goal, let's say Trump was going to serve 20 years. Do you think in 20 years, we would have no Federal Reserve, and that we would, you know, cryptocurrency would reign freely and that we would have uh well you know what that's a that that's a it's a too load of a question I, I've, I've been looking forward to talking with you so long that i have a list of six thousand questions i want to ask you and I, so i keep getting Actually, let's, let's, let's just go roll back to finish finish the previous world so the reason you can't do arrests is because the arrest arresting the current bunch of criminals doesn't really solve the problem um you need to do a systemic reset of the, to get back to single tier rule of law, and for that to stick, you need to take away the power of the central bankers to keep funding and bribing you know, all the wars. Yeah. That, so, it, so that, that seems like you're moving the goalposts, though. Originally, it was it was definitely going to be arrests, and now that the arrests haven't happened, oh, now this is a long term systemic reset. That that's, um, my, that's my only problem with that is it really does feel like you're. You, you, not not you personally, but yeah. the movement is moving the goalposts because what they predicted was going to happen hasn't happened. 
so what was predicted by individuals um, as interpretations of the Q-drops was a, was a process of um, those people. Right? It doesn't, it is not the, um, uh, the Q-drops themselves do not say that particular people will be addressed on particular days or dates. It's like, um, but you uh, did. You said, uh, you said Feinstein will go to the gallows. Nine twenty-seven, eighteen. You said Feinstein is going to go to the gallows. So I, I, I think she will go to the gallows. As a, um, she, she's been. You think um, Feinstein uh, is going to be executed by the military? I think she's she's a traitor. Yeah, I think I think she's going to face treason charges. It's um, she, she's she's been she's been working for the Chinese. That's that's what's coming. Um, but you can't until you get through the twenty twenty election. And presumptively, if presumptively between now and the election, what I expect to happen is, and we can see it being lined up, which is um, uh, Durham with Spygate, Hoover with the Clinton Foundation, um, possibly other prosecutors are going to start dropping their um, uh, these these legal bombs, and many of the um, and the whole stuff around General Flynn is now coming coming to its conclusion. So between now and the election, and I expect a whole series of revelations, and some of them will come very close to elections, so that there can't be any political response to it. So things like the Clinton Foundation and Haiti will probably drop in October or something. Um, really? Cause, because because yeah. Barr, Attorney General Barr, actually did an interview where he said specifically, uh, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, uh, but he basically said, we're not going to be doing any high-level investigations before the election because we don't want to interfere in the election. So you're saying, even though he's, the Attorney General is saying that, but you're saying that you... So, 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 some things will come out. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what, the, the, the hard thing to, to engineer, if you're trying to overcome super mafia that's embedded itself into your country, um, is to firstly stop the Samson option, the scorched earth option, um, and secondly to prevent civil war or international you know, conflict. Um, so it looks like... Um, there will probably be a Trump, uh, not just majority, but supermajority um, at the November election. That's what I'm guessing. Um, and that is, uh, and there'll be all kinds of upheavals between now and then. Um, Wait, I'm sorry, say that again. You, you, so you think, so you think Trump will get reelected and you think they're going to get a supermajority in the Senate? I think, I think, I think the things that will, will come out between now and um, November will result in Trump getting a supermajority. Um, the stuff involving... Um, uh, Epstein Island and the rape, torture, murder, and cannibalism of kids um, is pretty serious. And uh, um, that's going to hit the public and it's going to blow people's minds. Um, once you've got that in place, then you've got enough containment um, and a mandate to do the second term. Um, so it looks like we're in an eight year process. Um, I'm guessing there's going to be some sweeteners around. Um, uh, taxation system and and some of the assets that have been um, uh, forfeited by the deep state and returning them to the public um, to kind of sweeten the bitter pill, but it's going to be pretty bitter. Um, That's my guess. I I, want to, no, and I appreciate, I mean, you're, you're, uh, you're really, you're saying some stuff that's blowing my mind. And if it happens, uh, my mind will be permanently blown. I I want to, I want to slightly switch gear. First of all, um, we're about at an hour now. Um, are are you down for another fifteen? Minutes? I'm good. You're good. I'm okay, good. great. Because I want to I want to get a little bit into and uh, 
this this has to do with with what's in your bio regarding your family. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to talk about this, we don't no, have to. Sure. I will literally edit this entire part out. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think it's an interesting. Uh, I think it's an interesting uh, character dynamic because one of the one of the very common accusations against Q is that it's a cult, right? Yep. A lot of skeptics say QAnon is a cult. Uh, it, you know, I agree and disagree. I disagree uh, because I, I don't, I don't view it as a traditional cult. But it's not going to look like a traditional cult because cults traditionally meet in person. This is a decentralized online movement, so it's necessarily going to be different. But one of the very interesting things about you, and you, you, you you've been public with it, is that you experienced um, uh, a, a family member being in a cult. And yeah. I, I've been wanting to talk to you about this since as long as I ever heard you say that, because I, I think it's, uh, first of all, I'm just very interested in cults. I research them and I, yeah. and I, and I write about them. I want to write even fiction about them. I'm just, I've always been fascinated by cults, but I think I have a romanticized, almost like sci-fi version of it. And so I was hoping, I was hoping you could just talk briefly about what your experience was with that. Sure. Um, Right, so four generations of my family have been involved in the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, so my my mother's side, grandparents who are now both dead, my mother, various of her siblings, uh, my cousins and some of their kids. Um, and I, my father was never in it. So as a child, uh, I was taken along to Jehovah's Witness meetings and you know, with my, my cousins as well. Um, uh, and that, so I was never in the Jehovah's Witnesses as such, you know, but um, it was always because my father was not a member. It was leg- legitimate for me to have a different opinion. Um, so in order for me not to have to kind of choose between my parents, uh, which is not a comfortable thing, a kind of eight or ten year old, um, and which of them, <laughs> which of these two people is more mad? Um, right, no, I had crazy. to construct, yeah, well, I had to construct a cosmology that was bigger than than theirs pretty damn quick. So, so as a survival mechanism. Um, I became a, a ninja deconstructor of belief systems and, and, uh, um, and philosopher of the world. Wow, yeah. Um, because please, Jehovah's Witness meetings are fucking boring, right? It's like, they're so boring. And so I would do anything, anything to get me out of them, right? So it's like, um, so I discovered this thing called science, and it was quite useful for getting away from doing um, Jehovah's Witness meetings. And, um, uh, and then mathematics was the perfect defense against doing uh, any manual labor in the world. I was quite successful. So I went off that down, down that route um, and I learned some things from it. Um, so in some ways, cults are quite mundane um, uh, in that uh, the word culture begins with cult for a reason, um, is whole societies are subjected to um, oh, mind control, manipulation techniques and coercion uh, and ostracism. And all, yeah, it, it, this stuff happens at every scale. Um, and uh, ooh, and I learned that even if everyone around you is all in total agreement that, um, that their view of the world is the right and only one, and they all wear lovely clothes, and they all speak very nicely, and they all behave very well, um, and they also have various authorities and books to back them up, and, um, and they can point to the badness of all those who don't agree with them, it counts for nothing, um, is you have to think for yourself. Uh, you have to do it yourself. Uh, so I professionally did that as a computer scientist, um, looking for the uh, 
the holes and the breaks and the foundations of the architecture of the internet um, and did quite well at that. Uh, I also looked at things like net neutrality um, and I applied the same kind of thinking process in other areas like the future of voice. Um, so looking at hypervoice as a um, kind of equivalent for hypertext, but for voice. Yeah, so trying to look outside existing paradigms and deconstruct stuff. I, I would love so to the, do an entire other podcast with you just on the future of technology, but but right, yeah. right now we're just gonna we're, we'll just stick with this. Okay, so, so so the Q stuff, yeah, is, there's there's even a book out there, so you know, by someone who actually I respect a lot, but I disagree with totally um, about you know cult of Trump. Um, and you alluded to something earlier about Trump as the centralizer. Um, I think there's a um, a legitimate. Ooh, uh, concern or issue about you know statism versus anarchism, and, and by anarchism I mean in its traditional um, sense, not not in its you know mad violent chaos sense. Um, well, that's the, that's uh, that's the true sense. The idea of right. anarchy being about violence and chaos is actually a huge misnomer. I actually I, I identify as an anarcho syndicalist. That's the view. Right. And that's what Chomsky identifies in, which you know doesn't necessarily mean it's right just because Chomsky says right. it. But, uh, so I identify as a mischief, mischief maker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really, I'm honestly, really, I, I think that's incredible. What you said is that you, in order to parse the the uh, what I'm sure was emotional turbulence of dealing with not only a schism in your family but uh, a schism that involved a cult, that you you redirected your energy into science. And mathematics right. that's that's fascinating what i've discovered is that science is also you know, there's a thing called scientism which is effectively a religion or a dogma um uh, which is about the nature of scientific materialism and the um the scientific process so science is a basic problem which it, it struggles to account properly for the scientist um in the observer um so uh i started to also look beyond the the boundaries of current I say mainstream science because that, that frames it wrong. Um, uh, but to understand the limitations of that process as well. Um, anyway, so going back to Q. Um, so so Q is a um, uh, it can be seen in many, many different ways, but one of which is as a movement of people who believe, have certain common shared beliefs and understandings of the world. Um, uh, and it is at the moment. Um, uh, a non-mainstream understanding, I think that's fair to say. Um, uh, so I'm trying to, yeah, people who make sense of the role of pedophiles or God knows what else in, you know, in dark systems of dark occult power is definitely a niche activity at the moment. Um, so to people who are in a mainstream of society whose opinions are largely based on the mass media and what they've been told, now, um, anything that deviates from that looks a bit like a cult, right? It's like, um, uh, but the problem with, how put it, the problem with classifying stuff in this way is, um, is if the baseline of society has been socially engineered and hacked, um, then people who are relatively sane in comparison to it will look like weirdos. <laughs> they will look whacked. Um, now, my, my experience in the Jehovah's Witnesses told me that being a whacked weirdo can be a really good way out of really boring Jehovah's Witness meetings. Um, and, right. uh, and I've always been really insistent, really insistent on thinking for myself because, did I mention it was boring? Right, right. <laughs> it's like... Um, you, uh, you talk about, uh, 
in some of your tweets, uh, you've talked about how you have cut back on your speaking in terms of technology and communications that you, you yeah. that you're not doing as much of that. And you've at least suggested maybe overtly or, or indirectly that the reason is because of your adherence to the, to QAnon beliefs. So do you, do you think that your beliefs in QAnon have affected you professionally? It's a little bit, a little bit more complex because there's a human story, which, um, because I don't want to burn any bridges. I don't, I don't want to tell you. Oh, you don't? Oh, uh, certainly, no. I don't want you to do that. Is, yeah, it's like, um, uh, so I was, I was doing some bleeding edge science working in a startup, you know, which but I don't I don't want to burn those relationships. It's, um, uh, yeah, don't worry uh, about it. We can, we can move it, on. It, 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 makes it, very, it makes it very hard to go outside of the, a bit. if the, um, you're working in tech, yeah, and I was working, yeah, I'm, I'm a, minor public figure in that space yeah i'm known it's like yeah it's i used to get invited to talk at conferences and be keynote speakers and stuff but it's like um uh uh but if you're going around saying look come you know facebook spy network illegal you know right. google involved in election fraud social engineering treason working bar from china it's like it's um right uh that ain't popular and um you you, you quickly become um uh not conference sponsor friendly shall we say um so uh, uh it's it's not really feasible to be a writer about crime and corruption in the very industry that you're kind of trying to participate in and profit from as it were it just doesn't work um you could be in it or or kind of at the edge of it but you can't be both it's like um right. uh, it is kind of a climbing so, technology the technology sphere itself is kind of cult-like I think it is. Yeah, I think if you, if you, my experience of, of um, you know, I spent a lot. Of, I lived in America for a number of years in the past. I used to work for Sprint, the phone company. Um, I spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley. Um, is the technocratic view of the world, um, right. uh, or the, te- the the belief in, in salvation through technological progress alone and not ethical and spiritual progress, doesn't impress me. Um, and uh, and I think people are very naive about the nature of the power that's held by the Silicon Valley giants. Um, so I, I don't feel I belong in that culture at the moment, and I, I'm no longer invited to various events. Um, wow! And also, I, I, I've I found that it's not how can I put it. It's very hard to find conversations like the one we're having at the moment. Right. No, I, I appreciate that because honestly, this is probably my, my favorite conversation I've ever had. <laughs> And it just, just happens to be recorded. Uh, and no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not kissing your ass. I just honestly like, uh, it's, 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 it's very rare to get, it's very rare to get, uh, two people who like kind of fundamentally disagree on some things, but actually manage to end up finding shared common ground that is constructive, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I know that if I, if I left my two daughters in your, in your, your care, I know they'd be looked after. You know, it's like it's, I, I know. I know. I, I know. I know. We're, we're not. We're not. You know, we're not on the different sides. They, it's like it's. Um, your daughters uh, would be fine. Uh, they would be absolutely fine. I know it. How, you know, how, like how, old, um, how old are your daughters? Uh, Fourteen and about to be seventeen. Oh boy! So um, you're going through the the. the teen. Do, do they know about QAnon? Um. Oh, the older one is uh, as headstrong as I am, and uh, and her, her her teenage rebellion is political correctness. Oh, um, yeah. the younger one has has been to America with me and met met all kinds of interesting patriots, and she kind of listens to what I have to say, but that is kind of boring. 
and uh, um, so we're kind of at that age. But it's um, well, children naturally yeah. go against their parents. That that's their rebellion. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, uh, so I think there's something kind of important here, which is which is the um, uh, the things we all have in common, like love for our families and um, uh, chocolate and beer and other good things in life. Um, whatever it is that tickles your fancy, totally outweigh um, uh, the things that divide us. Mm-hmm. And many of the things, the perceptions of how we're divided aren't really real. Um, and uh, I, I totally agree. Um, and that, that, that's one of the reasons that, I mean, I think you, you are uh, the, the leading person because you actually put a good face on this theory. Whereas I, I see a lot of tweets and people that, uh, to me, they seem like they're kind of lionizing violence, and uh, ex- and and look, there's not a monopoly on violence. There's plenty of liberals yeah. who who discuss, uh, you know, uh, horrible things, uh, extrajudicial exu- execution and stuff yeah. like that. But I do feel like we really are at a point where, if we don't start building some bridges between some of these movements. I, I, I am genuinely worried that, that we will have a yes. civil war. Yes, I think, I think we're, I, I would say argue that we were in, yeah, we we were already experiencing a global civil war. Right. No, I would agree. I, I think we, I think we're already there. Yeah. And, the, and, the, and there's, a re, there's a reason why I suggest this conversation is because I believe that we actually, by having these conversations and modelling the behaviours we'd like to see other people um, engage in, um, we prevent violence and we save lives. I agree. Yeah, I think it's um, we, we don't get to see the direct consequence because it's part of a rewiring of our culture um, and a re, re, re-establishment of, of respect. Um, but it requires it requires us to. T- I know how flawed I am as a human being. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't flaunt all, all my failures on social media. Yeah, but it's like um, yeah, but it's uh, I, I turn up as a human being, right. and um, I don't flaunt my uh, failures either. And they're they're yeah. they're uh, multitudinous, if that's a word. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've had, sorry, I've chopped you off. I've, I've, I've had to change my mind enough times on different subjects, yeah, and to learn and relearn. And, yeah, it's like to know that things change. That, and, that's, that's a quality in human. That's my most respected quality in a human is yeah. is uh, changing opinions with new information. Yeah, I've had, I, yeah, I've I've written about this in the past. And Jehovah's Witness stuff. I had to come out as gay. Yeah, you know, that's how I am. Yeah, I'm gorgeous, but it's like, uh, but that requires you know some, some difficult, some difficult transitions, right? And so, I've had, I've kind of been whacked over the head by life enough to have uh, to be humbled just a little bit, just a teeny bit, right? And well, actually, uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, go into anything that makes you uncomfortable. But I did, you, you, you referenced earlier the the religious aspect, and yeah. what what you just said kind of parlays into the final thing I. I really wanted to talk to you about, which is the role of religion and obviously particularly Christianity in the QAnon movement. And um, I mean, I I have my ideas on um, how in many, in some ways, I think the QAnon movement kind of mirrors the uh, it's kind of a political version of the second coming of Christ Mm -hmm. in some ways. Um, But it's hard not to notice a vast majority of QAnon people are really, really hardcore Christians. I've been yeah. I've been told I'm going to go to hell just for basic disagreements, like not even being rude at all, countless, uh-huh. countless times. And I've seen you get told off by people. I've seen you 
be lectured in the most audacious condescending ways by people and frankly i don't know how you put up with it i don't know why you put up with it but i think it shows your commitment to your belief system over um you know kind of the politics of being offended i guess but i want i want to get your take on on kind of the religion religious aspect and the homophobia that's kind of rampant Mm -hmm. in, in QAnon. In, pl- in places. So let's, let's do the religious one first. Right? Okay. So I think... Um, uh, so religion by its nature is conservative. Right? It's, um, you know, it is about long-standing beliefs and doctrines and wisdoms. Um, and uh, it, it, is, it is generally not about creating novelty in the world um, and, ex- and exploring all our freedoms. So um, I think that the... Uh, there's a great value in you know, there's freedom and liberalism to me go together. You know, there's no point in having freedom if you're not going to try try and use any of it. Um, and but for it to sustain itself, you require a kind of conservative basis for it. You need to you need to kind of respect the long term wisdoms of the world. Yeah, it's um, so yeah, raise your kids well, otherwise bad things happen. Now, what I think is critical is that those on the left. Um, Broad political left, maybe have their ble- the bleeding heart liberal view of the world um, is is fine, but if you don't have a hard head and you forget some of the basic wisdoms, you get in trouble. And the most important one of those wisdoms, I think, is about evil and deception and the unbounded nature of the ooh, the wickedness and the cruelness of deceptions that evil people will will engage in. Um, and I think the thing that our, our dear Christian friends... Now, I, I've got no religious affiliations at all. I've got no labels to go with. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an agnostic, if anything. I don't know. <laughs> right. right. It's, um, oh. uh, so, um, but one thing they've got really, really right, which is that um, uh, the, the, kind of the, the devilish schemes in the world present themselves as being benevolent and good and in the best interests of everyone um, and need to be really on guard. And I think they've got that one really critical thing right, and therefore, they've been on the lookout for things that kind of feel a little bit too good to be true. Um, and therefore, they've picked up more quickly on this particular um, set of understandings of the world. If you think of Q as not being a savior thing, but, yeah, but being more about having a map of the dark power system um, so we can do something about it collectively. Um, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's... It's a so so in the, in the short term, I feel that many of the idols of the political left are going to be you know, come tumbling down. It's going to be you know, a massive upheaval for the left. I think what's coming though afterwards. Wait, wait, wait um, get, get, come on! You can't put something that juicy out there and not give me a. a, a oh, Obama, Obama's Manchurian candidate is he manufactured? It's, it's going to be horrific. Uh, um, tra- tra- Obama's what? Tra- Manchurian candidate. It's um. Uh, the, the whole story around Obama is, is going to be <laughs> utterly mind-blowing. Um, uh, how, how it came to be and how he got into power and who he really is. Okay, so I, I, I voted for him. It's, it's, a, whole, it's a, whole extra, I, a whole extra podcast. I, I got extremely disillusioned by him because he wasn't progressive enough for me. But are you, are you, among, are you among the contingent that believes that in birtherism and, and that kind of stuff? 
it's, it's, it's even worse than you've ever imagined. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's, it's, you couldn't make it up. It's, the truth appears to be so completely. Uh, apparently, some weird. people have made it up. <laughs> no, um, I'm just so, kidding. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's it, it, there's a reason why all his records are sealed and he was into joining people. It's like, um, uh, It'll come out in due course. It's like in some ways, it's not. It's not the the figure. Okay. Thing. All right. Well, we'll we'll get back to what you were saying before. I'll, I'll let I'll let that one go for now. Yeah. It's like go back to the religion thing. It's um because uh, I I think this is really 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 important. Right? It's really important for people maybe on the more liberal progressive left um, to understand. Um, there's nothing wrong with being liberal progressive, even if even if you've been deceived. And you've made some foolish mistakes. Okay, it's, um, is that the world requires the tension between people who are into novelty and those who are not? Yeah, it's like um, because the environment keeps changing. Um, we need the guardians of the long-term wisdom, as it were. I think maybe yeah, more into the the, the um, uh, uh, religious authority view of the world versus those who like to party a little bit harder. Um, and we need we need we need that, right? We need it because. Many of those who are of the right perspective are, I think, attached to bonkers ideas about economics and human society, which need to be challenged, right? um, uh, And we're going to have to take the toolkit of many people on the left, um, particularly around the the commons, reconstruction of the commons, peer-to-peer organizations, um, alternative working and social structures, um, which I think uh, all, the, the predominance of the good thinking comes from the left. Um, it's going to be needed. Right? It's um, so it may be the coming collapse of um, maybe the Democrat Party um, should not be seen as an indictment of your liberal progressive principles in totality. Okay, right. and, like, and by the way, I'm, some, I'm a fan of the idea of the, the DNC collapsing. Yeah, so it's like the DNC is a crime syndicate. Um, it's not a good thing. Well, they're both crime, um, they're both crime syndicates. GOP. They're both the, the, the GOP has been temporarily temporarily um, occupied by the military <laughs> and, and and is being used as as a, as, a, as a cover, as it were. Um, uh, the current political system requires a, um, a massive re- re- revamp. But the um, please hear the hear the value of what you have to bring to this party. Even if you have to get through a um, a really tricky period where people are going to laugh at you for having been, oh, I don't know, on the, on the, temporarily on the wrong side of history, because these pendulums swing back and forth. They do, and I think, yeah, it's um, you're going to find that um, that maybe a few years down the line, maybe the 2024 election is that many of the struggles of the it could be like maybe eight years later, who knows what that the, the the um, the right will not have good answers to some of the reconstruction questions, um, and uh, um, so so this is not a, this is a, the fundamental axis here is good evil raping kids murdering them torturing them evil right it's um, left right but thing let, let's, that's just, let's unpackage that a little bit just just briefly yeah. this idea of good and evil and and this this really is one of my my final points because yeah. uh, in a different age of my life, I'm 38 now. Let's see. Yeah. Let's say that QAnon came about in 28 uh, when I was 28 or younger, maybe 20. Yeah. There's a very real chance. I, cause I, I, be, I believe in a lot of the deep 
uh, deep state stuff. If there's a yeah. very real chance I could have been an advocate of some of the QAnon beliefs. The problem is for me that, like I said, it's it's a predominantly uh, Christian right wing movement, and that yeah. that even comes up in Q's posts. He he talks about God and constantly. I don't know if he talks about Christ, but he talks about God constantly, uh, which is mm. you know, it, it's a strange uh, betrayal of humanism. If you're talking about a revolution of politics to only, you know, countenance it in terms of Christ. And I can't tell you the number of people that I've spoken to who you're QAnon who tell me I'm going to hell. And I'll just tell you, Martin, the most offensive idea in the world, in the history of the world to me, is the idea of hell. And we talked about Mm -hmm. I talked about this in a tweet. And you actually defended me at one point, which I appreciated. I, I don't yeah. think humans should burn in hell forever, uh, it, it, period. It, but especially when their only crime, so to speak, is having a different metaphysical perspective about the origin and the meaning of the universe. That, yeah. to me, seems psychotic. I mean, we're talking about psychopathy or psychopathy. That that idea that that literally billions and billions of humans are going to burn in hell forever. That's psychotic to me. So I I don't know why this secret coup against the government, against the deep state is wrapped up in this kind of metaphysical fascism, which is what I call it, universal totalitarianism of of saying that if you don't believe in this, you're going to burn in hell forever. Well, I I just don't understand why a supposedly humanistic movement would be wrapped up in that kind of language right so I, th- I think it's a difference between what's in the q content itself and then how various people have reacted or interpreted it and that they've they've used it as a confirmation bias of their um their pre-existing beliefs and this is where i think the pendulum is going to swing so i think some people who are a bit smug at the moment are going to have uh, faces slapped over the next few years um <laughs> Because at the moment, it's the, as I said, it's, it's a lot of the, you know, the Democrat Party will be shown to be a criminal syndicate, whatever, you know, but, and, and there'll be a whole bunch of people on the right going, I told you that, it's like, it's like um, uh, but I think that pendulum is going to swing. And I think a lot of people who have very rigid spiritual, religious authority, whatever, um, uh, uh, beliefs are going to be in for a rough time a few years down the line. Um, so be careful how you speak to the other people. Because right. um, the boot might be on the other foot at some point. Um, so th- those who maybe opted out of the the divinity um, definition thing. <laughs> have you uh, have you felt personally attacked by by some of these people who tell you that you're that you need to change your ways? Uh, I mean, it, I, I was brilliantly trained by the Jehovah's Witnesses, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, I, I, I wish this conversation could go on for, for hours, but next time, I, next time. Yeah, we'll do We'll do another one. I want to give you a, a final chance. And again, Martin, I just want to thank you so much uh, for, for doing this it really means a lot to me. And uh, you're, 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 you're a great guy. I, I, I really like you. I, I wish I had your voice, quite frankly. Uh, uh-huh. I, 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 I sound like a prepubescent hobgoblin and you sound like a, Oscar Wilde type philosopher, but uh, <laughs> no, but I want to give you a final chance. If, if, if there's anything that you wanted to say earlier and then I cut you off or something, if, the, if, the, you know, because I'm going to close this show with a message to both QAnon believers and QAnon skeptics. 
So, and you kind of just did that a little bit, uh, but if, if there's mm. anything else you want to say, if not, uh, I, I can, I can just edit this out, but if, uh, no, it's, it's probably, it probably is about having a little bit of humility and compassion and, um, uh, and, oh, n- n- not, um, trying to, to box people in by, by their labels or their beliefs and to, to look beyond it's hard because I have my own people who who treat me like shit on, you know, online and uh, um, who I don't like and I don't want to be nice to, and sometimes the best I can do is just block them and disengage. Right. But um, uh, yeah, the, 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 there are very few people in this world who are say relatively few people you meet who are kind of true psychopaths no no sense of empathy or whatever for you know, for everyone else. Most people are good, right. and even when they're behaving like you know, behaving like crap, so. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Remember that the boot will be on the other foot at some point, and um, yeah. Or the per- the person you met in context A, where they were behaving like crap, is the per- person you'll need to help you in context B. Ah. Yeah. So yeah. Well said, sir. And I, I, we're definitely in agreement on that. Um, finally, where can people find uh, your work? If there's any of your platforms that you want to promote here uh please feel free i'm sure there's going to be people that uh want to read more of, of your thoughts okay so so very unexpectedly i became an artist as well um so I, my, my work is in several places um we talk about my art some other time because it is political in it's in a special way so my writing um uh i got i got deplatformed by medium and mailchimp it's kind of spread all over the place nowadays um it is actually all at martingeddes.com, but it's kind of, that's my old telecom site and it's got a blog there with all my writing. But if you just go to qanon.martingeddes.com, that will take you to one of my essays and it will lead you to more of my essays. So that's a good place to start. It's, um, uh, and if you're interested in seeing my photos, um, which uh, it's a whole activity that kind of spun out of doing this crazy QAnon stuff. Um, if you go to martingeddes.gallery for all the stuff I sell or martingeddes.com, dot photography for kind of just a general um uh peek at some of the things that have come out of my mind and my camera yes and please do because uh, i'm i'm not uh exaggerating you, you really are one of my favorite photographers i i look forward to your 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 photography i mean i look forward to seeing all your posts but your your photographs are just uh mesmerizing your 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 co- you. your composition and your 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 color dynamics are, are just fascinating. I mean, honestly, I, I, I think you I think you're a genius in, in photography. Thank you. And um, so, yeah, uh, everyone. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to edit that part out because I sound like a stuttering fool. But uh, uh, finally, you know, Martin, I just want to thank you again for for coming on. This is my very first podcast. Uh, I'm going to be doing others on a, a wide range of, of subjects and. My, my whole idea is to find people with whom I have a perhaps conflictive counterpoint, but just try and have mm-hmm. a respectful, constructive conversation. And I feel like we definitely just did that. We did. It's a good use of time. Thank you very much, Jake. Thank you so much, Martin. I appreciate it. All right. That's it for us, man. Uh, bingo, bingo. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, honestly, like I, I, I could, I feel like I could talk to you for another three hours on this, maybe in a, Maybe in a year or so, we'll do another one and, and catch up after the election or something like that. Yeah, it's, um, and who knows? 
Uh, it's been a while since I've been to New Mexico, but um, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to being back in the U.S. at some point. Yes, please do. Yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm in New Mexico now. I'm going to be moving back to Portland soon. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I understand. Dude, you, uh, uh, great place for photography, man. Uh, the Pacific Pacific Northwest. I, have you been there? Uh, I have many times. Okay. Like, oh, yeah. Watch out, watch out for those voodoo, voodoo donuts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we we should have talked about uh, the satanic conspiracy behind Voodoo Donuts. <laughs> and, uh, thanks. Thanks for uh, staying up late with me, man. I, I really I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. OK. All right. Take care, buddy. When you sit in, in your bathroom, come on and set me free.